Hello and welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Anthony. Thank you all for joining us today. As always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Daniel. Hello there. And Shay. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, doing well. You know, the Leafs just won last night, so happy about that. I'm hoping that it continues on throughout the week, and we can kick those dirty Montreal Canadiens to the curb. Wow, that that felt aggressive. I won't lie, but I, I, I also but I, but I agree with it though. There you go. Yeah, I don't like. I guess I've, I I don't watch hockey as much as I used to anymore. And but I I heard this is a huge uh, match because we haven't played Montreal in the past 30 years or 40 years or something like that since 1967 yeah. or 65. Yeah. I think, I think since I think we faced the Montreal Canadians in the seventies. Um, so you would remember that Anthony mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then, yeah. And then I think we lost. So this is like the first time we've beat the Montreal Canadians in a playoff game since the seventies. So uh, feels good, man. Feels good. Yeah. It's really, really good. As always, you can catch a new episode of the movie podcast every Monday. And watch out throughout the week for review episodes on our latest movies and series. So we have quite a bit of movies that we're reviewing throughout the week. So you stay tuned to our, our socials for that. And speaking of socials, don't forget to follow us on the movie at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and join our Discord. And you can check out our show notes for all those links and more. Daniel, can you give us a head like a, a follow up on how many people have reviewed and give us a five star rating on our uh... right now? Right now, we are sitting at one hundred and twenty two. Last time I checked, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So, uh, you guys have just been blowing us away with where we when we first started really pushing forward to where we are now. Um, it's been awesome to see how far we've come, and you know we're only getting started. I'm hoping by September we can hit our two hundred. Uh, our 200 rating goal so if you haven't yet if you like what we're doing at the movie podcast please head over to apple podcast drop that five star review means the world to us and it really helps our show grow because we want to do this more for you so thank you for doing that thank you day i'm going to kick it off to you again for our announcements Yeah, so this week, uh, these are our announcements. Coming this week or already on the feed this week, we have our reviews up for Riders of Justice, Army of the Dead, Master of None, MODOK, Those Who Wish to Be Dead, and more. There are so many movies and shows we're talking about. One specifically I want to talk about because the day we're recording it is the day the show's coming out. And also, it's really, really cool to see. Um, And unexpected. Uh, Spotify actually shouted us out from their official podcast feed So on, on Twitter. So let me read the actual tweet for you here. So just give me a second to pull this up. Um, you know, we had our, our review of Master of None Season 3 come out. And it was... We we enjoy the season, but when we you know we tweeted this out into the and where we sent it out to the universe, we actually the universe sent something back to us, um, and it was really cool just to see that the official Twitter account for Spotify podcast says, "Do you still have Denise and Alicia's love story on your heart and mind? Keep the conversation going long after the credits roll with the movie podcast and their spoiler filled review and analysis of Master of None season three. And they actually linked our show on Spotify in that episode, which I thought was really amazing. And I think it took us all by by storm this week. Uh, one small thing. It's not spoiler filled. So it is spoiler free review, but we do 
definitely analyze it and go deep into it. But um, I think this was really amazing. Shay, uh, you were on the review with me for this. What did you think when, when you saw this? Yeah, this is awesome. You know, um, thank you so much to Spotify for <laughs> for recognizing our amazing work. Uh, <laughs> that, that's that's all. That's all really I can say. But then that, that that they're they're great people that are at Spotify and they recognize talent. So thank you so much to them. Damn. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see that. Anthony, how about yourself? What did you think when uh, when you saw that? Yeah, I was uh, blown away when when you tweeted when you messaged the tweet. Um, I was. I was kind of taken aback because I was like, what is, what is, is this a false ad? Is this someone like pretending to be Spotify? Right, making, exactly. Making uh, reviews or promoting us. But yeah, it was so, it wasn't generic either. It was very to the point of what our, well, I, I didn't, I didn't, even, us, I didn't participate was, in the review, but yeah. it was specific to our brand, which was um, really, really nice to see. And right. hopefully we got new um, listeners out of this. Yeah, that'd be great. So hopefully if you're a first time listener to the movie podcast and you saw the Spotify tweet, let us know right into the show at the movie podcast and Instagram, Twitter, wherever you follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, really quickly as well, too, just want to let you guys know that we are affiliates of our good friend at P-Link. Uh, you may notice that we're using these short websites on our show, on our socials. Um, we use them. And if you if you run a podcast, P-Link is essential to send your listeners to the right place on any device every single time check out our show notes for our affiliate code for that also this week on the movie podcast there's a bunch of things to look forward to uh, if you want to check me out on cinema scene which is our friend eric martian's show on rogers tv also he hosts untitled movie podcasts and reviews uh you could check uh, me out in our show notes you could watch that uh this week we'll also have our cruella deville review our just cruella starring emma stone out on the uh, the, the podcast feed this week maybe spiral from the book of spa who knows no one's no one's no one believes anything this week no it's not going to happen but maybe it will who knows is it going to happen guys uh well is it, we heard there was a povd for canada june 1st i supposedly nothing's been mm. confirmed yet but it is on apple tv and itunes with a tentative date of june 1st so who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? I, I won't not believe us. it until the credits roll that I've watched that movie, you know? I, no, not at all. Very cool. Well, very that's cool. it for me for announcements. Let's talk about some um, anniversary news. We have Mission Impossible's 25th anniversary. Um, this was uh, all a part of all last week. We, we saw a review of clips of Tom Cruise uh, being interviewed about his previous uh, journey with the different Mission Impossibles. I, I, I saw one of the clips of him and talking about his sequence with Brian De Palma in the first Mission Impossible, how they, took, they kept taking takes over and over, and he kept smashing his face when, he, when they did that scene of the drop in the um, containment area. I don't know what that yeah. was. At the, yeah, Langley. In Langley, yes. And just just hearing like Tom Cruise talking about it, he he's so passionate about Mission Impossible. It's like his baby. It's almost like now you can't make a Mission Impossible without Tom Cruise being a part mm -hmm. of it. Nope. Either producer, director, <laughs> starring in it. It's just that's his. That's his movie. Ever, that's his. Forever. That's his movie. Yeah. So what do you guys? Uh, no, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is one of my favorite all time movies. So. Um, and, and just franchises in general, like I, there's not a, there's not a lot of series outside of Mission Impossible that I, 
other than I would say like the MCU and uh, maybe Lord of the Rings and Batman, but like Mission Impossible as it's as a franchise, you know, to start off as a TV show um, and to really just find its footing into the movie worlds and just every single film continuously evolve and get better and change and you know go a different direction i think that's what's kept this franchise so fresh the last 25 years and especially since ghost protocol um these films have just totally changed i think uh the the movie blockbuster and you know like ghost protocol was a huge success then you follow that up with rogue nation then you follow that out with fallout and it's just amazing to see what this franchise has become and mission impossible fallout is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And, um, I just love going back and watching the first one, which I did a little bit yesterday for the 25th anniversary. And I was just like, man, these show, these movies are just so well-made so damn good. And I love that every director who's come on has left their little touch on it and they haven't forgotten where they've started and where they're going. So I, I can't wait to see what comes next with seven and eight. Yeah. Um, the first movie with by De Palma is is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I I watched it so much as a kid, even though I probably didn't understand it as a kid. I had it on VHS and I'd go back to it all the time. There were so many sequences and moments that I absolutely loved. Every single character introduced in that movie as well was so fascinating. You know, we we got to see Jean Reno, who I feel like in the 90s was that staple actor. He'd always show up in everything that was happening. Uh, Ving Rhames, you know, it was awesome to see him kind of come in and then you have all these other cast of characters that they all seem so mysterious in some ways and then you have john voight who you know the ending sequence with on, on top of the uh the speed train like this guy is really old but he's really trying to get across the speed yeah. train and it always <laughs> used to kill me uh, absolutely yeah i absolutely love the first movie i think it's so iconic the way that it's grittiness you know i'm glad that the Mission Impossible franchise has taken that grittiness and also incorporated some of the fun that, you know, part two and three brought. And they now have this very specific look to them. Fallout is easily one of the best movies of all time. Like forget about just Mission Impossible. So to see yep. where it started, uh, I'm, I, it just makes me so happy. And I was, I was talking to Daniel yesterday about the score of the movie. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm listening to the score and I'm seeing, notes of like Alan Silvestri and notes of Danny Elfman kind of coming in here and there. And lo and behold, it turns out that Alan Silvestri, I think did initially do the score for the movie. And then, you know, Danny Elfman came and replaced him. So I wonder if they scrapped everything or if Elfman kind of took some notes from him or who knows, but a uh, great score. Um, just, you know, De Palma loves to do his like diopter shots that he loves as well. And yeah, those, split yeah shots. you know, those come into play. And I'm really excited to see Kittredge come back in this new Mission yeah. Impossible film. And I, I know that, uh, you know, we already got the Black Widow in, in the last one. Or the White Widow, sorry. Was it White, White Widow? Widow. Yeah. 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 And we got her and she was Max's daughter from the first movie. So th they're really pulling that DNA from the best of the movies yeah, and it's, I think it's going to return it a little bit more to the spy roots even more, which I think is really cool. And, um, you know, it's funny you were bringing up like Danny Elfman, um, because when you when you look at the lineage of like Mission Impossible, um, you know, Danny Elfman, composer on it, um, Hans Zimmer, 
composer on it and Michael Giacchino composer on it. All of them have worked for Mission Impossible. All of them have worked on Batman and all of them have worked on Spider-Man. So it's really interesting to see that there's that, you know, that Venn diagram with them right in the center of it all. <laughs> and you have Lauren Boff in a corner as well. And then you know, Lauren Boff just kind of watching, just smoking One day. a cigar, looking at them. One day I'll get to that Batman. It's oh. crazy to see the the evolution of this this franchise, um, starting from the first one being so spy heavy uh, espionage very dialogue heavy there are action sequences but not as much as when we go into the sequel which is now directed by john woo and it's more action summer blockbustery mm-hmm. and there is and then the third one which is jj abrams took both of those together and made this like i think for me kind of re- rebranded the mission impossible series Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, it just got better and better because Brad Bird came on, he did his, and then you had um, the two that, that's directed by, uh, blanking out on his name. Christopher McQuarrie. Christopher McQuarrie, which he's doing a fantastic job. Um, and hopefully we get better, better um, episode, episodes or movies from these next two that he's directing as well. I think what's really important with these films, too, is that you just know that at the end of the day, it does come back to Tom Cruise. It comes back to Tom Cruise's love, his love of movies and his love of seeing movies on the big screen. Obviously, um, last year, you know, when Tenet came out and he went to go see that, he posted that video of him seeing a movie on the big screen. And these movies are ones that are made for the big screen and having those communal experiences, right? So um, one of my favorite theater experiences, I know we, we speak, you know, we talk all the time about Avengers and everything like that, but watching Mission Impossible Fallout opening night with that crowd literally applauding after certain events and like misdirects and action sequences happen, that's so powerful. And I just remember... Um, like being so sweaty after watching that movie because that movie had me stressed on the edge of my seat and it was so, so damn good and I can't wait to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's unique for a franchise to be this good after so many. And usually it kind of has its downfalls, but Mission Impossible is doing the impossible by continually uh, giving us something new. Um, any more before we, we head into our news? I'm good, man. I think I'm, I think good. I'm good, too. Perfect. Cool. So let's get into the news. That looks pretty good. I'm looking at these wavelengths here, and they seem pretty in line. They seem good. They seem good. Let's see how they hold up. <laughs> so our first news story is going to hit, um, well, Ontario. Ontarians? Ont- Ontarians. Uh, a lot more Ontari- than... Ontarians? Ontario. Oh, my God. Why can't I say it? <laughs> a lot more than others, but Canada's one-dose summer movie season is going to suck. And this is coming from Barry Hertz of the Globe and Mail. Ontario's new reopening plan essentially wipes the summer movie season off the map. Quebec cinemas have been operating for the past few months without incident, by the way. And not allowing drive-ins till maybe July is unjustifiable nonsense. In a new statement, Cineplex CEO Ellis Jacob calls Doug Ford's reopening plan that wipes out the summer movie season absurd, adding that cinemas will be locked down in Ontario longer than any other jurisdiction in the world, all due to a government that ignores the facts. The Movie Theatre Association of Canada also blasts Ontario's ludicrous reopening plan, saying it makes zero sense and adds, 
Ontario should take the locks off movie theaters and join the rest of the world. In a closer read of a poorly communicated slash confusing reopening steps allows drive-in cinemas under step one. So this was this was heartbreaking for us. We we all live in Ontario and we've been, you know, planning to see some movies or hopefully to see some movies in theaters uh, this summer um, with the upcoming schedule. But with today or with, I guess, Thursday's or Friday's news, this kind of put a, a stake in our heart. Is that what I want to say? Yeah, we're not vampires, but <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just it's a super sad thing to see. And, you know, it gave us we lost hope in having a great summer and being able to go out and maybe enjoy a movie or two. But um, we'll start off with you, Shay. I know you were very passionate about theaters reopening. How do you feel about this news? Yeah, this was this was terrible news. Um, Doug Ford. I, I mean, I don't want to get into like a political tirade here, but he. I, I don't know what science he's listening to. And I also am not trying to sound like I'm anti-vax, anti-mask or anything. I mean, we have – all three of us have our first dose. We are good to go. Just six more years until we get our second dose on here in Ontario. So when I, when I heard this news, I was like, how does this make sense? When we had the theaters open before, the, the amount of social distancing, the amount of spacing that was done in there was done so well. Cineplex did a phenomenal job. I, I, you know, hats off to them. And we even spoke with Sarah Van Lang on one of our episodes who told us about how Cineplex is doing um, their safety standards. So to see this kind of come out, it seems like a totally tone deaf uh, announcement because you're not paying attention to what's actually happening here. You're going to open up golf courses and outside activities. Yeah, cool. Go ahead. I'm totally okay with that as well but that is almost the same thing as opening this this indoor facility as well where we're only having like 10 people going to a movie theater right now every time we had gone to see a movie uh when the theaters are open there was barely anybody in there now yes that is definitely sad as well because i'm sure that cineplex wants to see more people come in but as a safety thing goes i was totally okay with it and that was also at a time when in the pandemic, we were a lot more scared of this virus. Not saying right. that now we're not scared, but we have a lot more education, a lot more science to back up how this virus is transmitted. We wore the mask to a, a two-hour movie. It really wasn't that difficult. We, All no. three of us were at work for eight, nine hours. So really isn't that bad. So when this news came out, I was like, you have absolutely no idea what's going on. With Quebec opening their theaters and, you know, we talked about the, the Canadians are full, you know, like it's, it's crazy. It's and wild. more than 50% of Canadians uh, have, or is it Ontario? I believe have their first dose of the vaccine. Yes. And, you know, just to follow up with your, what you're saying, Shay, it's just like, look at where the cases are coming from and then look at where they're not coming from. Guess where they're not coming from, from movie theaters. Yes, they've been closed, but when theaters were open, there weren't any cases in them. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to properly social distance, what Cineplex was doing, keeping everything clean, keeping everything sterile. It's, I felt so safe being in the theater watching Tenet. Yes, it felt weird being back, but it also was me feeling weird about not being in the theater for six, seven months. Right Now it's been almost nine months since I've been in the theater. And I just miss doing that and seeing movies, you know, like with Spiral from the book of Saw. Yes, that's out in theaters in the States. That came out a week ago. We can't watch it here. A Quiet Place Part 2 is opening this week. Guess what? We can't watch it here. And there was not going to be a have- for it either. 
you're going to have malls open where people, and I have seen the mall. People oh, are literally, We've all it, it is like an orgy. They are just super glued to oh. each other. I, I was going to say sardine can, but you could do. You could I, do have you ever too, seen an cool. orgy in a sardine can? It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's, that's what the mall is. Yet Over you're going to have, you're going to have a movie theater where everyone is so far apart, except for the people that you came with, the people that are in your bubble. Right. Like mm-hmm. make it make sense, Doug. Make it make sense. And and that's and I think that's where we're at right now is that it doesn't make sense right now. You know, like we're in a spot right now where, you know, we're getting better. Our cases are still high, high but they're coming down. But we're not going to have any type of movement on anything. There are so many movies this summer that are question marks for us because it's like, are we going to watch them? Are we not going to watch them? Are they going to have a PVOD strategy? Probably not because at the end of the day, studios are like, wait. 90% of our box office in North America, which is always the US, is going to be okay. Yeah, I think we could we could make we could roll that dice. <laughs> yeah. And it sucks for Canada. Yeah, we're a smaller population compared to the states, but there's a lot of movie lovers here and I know um our sentiments aren't the only one that feel this way. There's a lot of other of our friends who who feel the same and again, if you don't feel safe, you don't have to go. But I'm just saying that when you look at other places that are allowed to remain open, that are allowed to have more people and then smaller avenues, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, like if a store um, could open up and have a bunch of people inside or 15% or 25%, that's way closer together too. But a movie theater that is well ventilated, giant open auditoriums where you're literally so three rows away from the closest person, it's like, it's just, it's just so strange to me that that's not one's okay but the other one's not okay it's just really really weird do you think the do you think they forgot i i know it's a it's a i don't think they care I, do you think, yeah. I don't think they care they care or they forgot i think it's a combination of they both don't care. they don't care and they just forgot because they don't care I, 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 I honestly like, think that why not I honestly care think, about sorry it? anthony why not care about theaters i, I just because, don't get it because it's the arts i mean like it's, yeah, they don't care about go. it because they look at we we've spoken about this time and time again you know like theaters and movies and the arts are often like looked off upon as like oh the elite but it's like no you don't understand the, the bulk of the people who make up that industry is not just all celebrities that's not the truth at all and, you know, like Doug Ford is all so pro blue collar, whatever. It's fine. That's great. But you forget about everybody else. And I think movie theaters that, first of all, account for thousands upon thousands of thousands of jobs across Canada. Um, there's a lot of people who aren't working right now. And there's a lot of movies that aren't making money right now in Canada because theaters aren't open. And it's a chain reaction that not a lot of people think about all the time. And it's sad. And it sucks. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do you expect any new news this week about maybe revamping those that strategy? I I truly hope so. (laughs) I I, I truly hope so. But um, knowing how Doug is, unless a group of uh, white people get together and start protesting golf, he's not going to do shit. You know, when the golf closure happened, I swear I saw people on my street holding like picket signs. Just walking across. Dude, I saw them holding putters. Yeah. Like, they're just holding. <laughs> they're putters. holding at least an iron <laughs> iron head. Is there nine nine, nine irons? That's you know, like, yeah. Ready, ready to revolt. But because the, like, because the, the, city the, hall. the movie theater community or the the art community isn't that intense about it. I mean, again, we want our theaters open, but we're also civil and understanding people here. 
nothing's gonna come. Doug doesn't care. Doug hasn't seen the movie since Citizen Kane, probably. So I don't think he you really know? cares. And I don't think he even you know, got Doug, Citizen Kane. Doug's just like, wait, can we make movie theaters buck a beer as well? Yeah, he's like, he's like, what about the Fast and Furious movies? Doug, that's coming out this year. Uh maybe, maybe I'll open maybe. up then. Wait, where do you think Doug Ford is from? Is he not Jay? from the States? Like- <laughs> just assumed he was. <laughs> Is he, is he from Alabama? Where is he from? My name is Doug Ford. I'm also uh, from the movies. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. A he's Jeff Bridges like as well. Ford. He's also Jeff Bridges. Okay. It's um, it's super crazy just because you know they're. I think I sent an article to you guys about France reopening yeah. with, and France yeah. had like maybe two months ago they were like twenty thousand deep. 20, they were shooting infection. people with COVID there. Yeah, and they're like, we need they. Their government sees how important the movie theater business is, and how movies are are part of their culture. And it's so surprising because Toronto, we film so much content here. We we're kind of like the Hollywood of the North, and it's not really showing those people who are going to be investing their money in our city that Toronto is still movie you know, movie, movie driven. Like this is a great place to shoot your movies. This is a great place to show your movies. We have the Toronto Film Festival and we can't have theaters open. It just doesn't make sense. So I'm trying to understand the concept and the structure of why theaters aren't open while other businesses are. Um, Super, super sad. Hopefully by the end of the week, we'd get more information on maybe restructuring of that plan and getting, you know. Yeah. Cineplex needs to be more vocal as well. I know they have their... Yo, Ellis Jacobs, I'm telling you right now, he has been like just on fire, speaking the truth, mm-hmm. dropping these statements uh, out, just saying like, you know, this is unfair. And and he even said it in this, in this, um, in the article from Barry, like where he says that, you know, like... Um, uh, what, it's absurd and cinemas will be locked down Ontario longer than any jurisdiction in the world. That's craziness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just, that's just so, so just not looking again. And I'm not surprised. And again, we're not going to get to the, the government. It's just, I'm not surprised that you're not looking at the facts. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And that's just something that's, you know, I, I, I've stopped depending on at least this, this uh, provincial government to, uh, to be really be looking at. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll be able to update this with good news next week. Hopefully. Uh, moving on to our second news story. It's official. AT&T and Discovery detail merger plans. And this is coming from Alex Warpin of the THR. AT&T and Discovery Inc. have made it official, unveiling their plan to merge their media and entertainment assets in a deal that will bring together TV channels like CNN, TBS, TNT, H. GTV, Food Network, and Discovery Channel, the Warner Brothers Film Studio, and streaming services HBO Max and Discovery Plus. That's quite a bit of... It's definitely a mouthful there, for sure. Uh, They said the merger would create a global leader in entertainment and a strong competitor in global streaming. The The new company will completely complete globally in the fast growing direct to consumer business bringing compelling content to -to direct-to-consumer subscribers across its portfolio, including HBO Max and the recently launched Discovery Plus, the the firm said. The transaction will combine Warner Media's storied content library of popular and valuable IP and Discovery Global 
footprint, trove of local language content, and deep regional expertise across more than 200 countries and territories. So I don't know much about this this merger. Um, I know you know this news broke out this week, but um, I'll throw it to you, Daniel. You might have more information or more insight about it. How do you feel about this huge merger coming about? Uh, you know, it's interesting because I think AT&T and uh, Discovery are, it's an interesting pairing. And I know they're they are kind of merging with like the different percentages. And um, at the bottom line, yes, there's a bunch of different business hoopla and jargon. But I'm hoping that just this means that um, Warner Brothers gets structured in a better way that they can make better decisions. I know that um, things are going to get shaken up a little bit, especially with their gaming division. Gaming studios maybe get ship, uh, uh, sold. Um, usually when stuff like this happens too, who knows? Different studios could be sold too. I mean, not to say that it could happen, but w- maybe Warner Brothers will look at somebody who, if they want to sell their DC Films division. Like there's there's a possibility of that or um, other things that Warner Brothers owns. Like when things like this happen, they things tend to get um, to get consolidated and either closed or kind of revamped. So this is something that doesn't seem like it's, yes, it's major news, but we don't, we won't really see the ramifications for something like this. I think for another two, three, four years. Um, but I'm glad we're talking about it because there's a possibility that, you know, a lot of the studios and, um, film franchise that we love now this is the beginnings of things changing and hopefully for the better and i'm looking especially at dc films right now and i'm hoping that um a brighter future is ahead for them do you think a a bigger streaming service will come out of this like an all-in-one like a disney plus type of thing where they have all their content in one spot is this like their version what they're trying to do. I, hopefully, hopefully it's them, you know, like, cause we know uh, discovery is a huge one. And if you can now have discovery content on HBO max, hopefully they decide, Hey, let's maybe rename this to like WB plus or something like that. But um, yeah, I think again, this is at the end of the day, studios and businesses coming together to try and um, obviously save money, make more money and then hopefully on the streaming side um give a give a better option for customers to subscribe and get their numbers up because yes hbo max is doing all right but you know the snyder cut wasn't the huge bump in subscribers that they wanted to be um i know mortal kombat and other films that were did well but what's going to happen next year when warner brothers goes back to not having those movies day and date on their service you know like if you want to watch the batman you're going to have to go to theaters to watch it and and so on and so forth for next year. So it's going to be really interesting to see what next year's numbers looks like growth wise. We know Disney is killing it. Disney said they're going to be open about putting their movies on premier access and everything like that going forward. But uh, it's going to be, uh, again, this is something that we're going to see the ramifications of in the years to come. What about you, Shay? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, pretty much the same thing as Daniel. Like, Warner is in a very interesting spot right now. at and is in a very interesting spot right now. They have so much going for them, yet the moves they make seem so reactionary. So I'm really hoping that that this kind of pushes them in the right direction. I I, I don't have much faith, I think is, is what I'm trying to say. And I, I'm, I'm nervous is also another thing that I'm trying to say. I don't know if they're going to do anything about this. They, they have... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I everything you guys said pretty much kind of sums it up. But 
I'm curious to see where it goes forward because again, they are trying to become a superpower, but they they have the powers. They just don't know how to use them. Well, you know, with um, with the Food Network being part of this uh, this um, conglomerate now and HGTV, do you think we'll see more like DC related food shows, Batman cooking? Yeah, or like <laughs> even Discovery now taking over and maybe giving us, you know, this is what it would look like to build a bat cave type of thing. Or live from Crime Alley, here <laughs> is your favorite pancake cookie. CNN what? is now more, you know, seen in, you know, WB content. It's just, it's yeah. It's, I mean, that's it's, what it's they're possible, creating, right? They're trying to do they're creating this in this uh, ecosystem of yeah. The brand awareness, right? I mean, Disney does that all the time now, right? Like Disney, like with their properties, anything that they own could show up now in one of their movies, right? And why not? I mean, look at Space Jam coming out this year. Space Jam is basically Ready Player Two with the amount of different IPs and everything showing up in it. And it's like, that's just going to go, I think, even harder now with these giant businesses and corporations now taking ownership of like, the smaller corporations as well. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to be huge conglomerates. Well, moving on to some more Warner Brothers news, Batman animated series from J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves coming to HBO Max. And this is coming from James Hubbard of THR. Woo! Daniel's super excited. I'm excited. I'm oh, so I was like, do you know James? <laughs> I know James. Yeah, James, James, great guy. James, great guy. But this news, though. This is huge news. The powerhouse directors, along with DC Animated Universe veteran Bruce Tim, um, have received a slight uh, straight-to-series order for Batman Cape Crusader from HBO Max and Cartoon Network. The series is billed as a reimagining of the Batman mythology. We are beyond excited to be working together to bring this character back to tell engrossing new stories in Gotham City, said Abrams and Reeves in a statement. The series will be thrilling, cinematic, evocative of Batman's noir roots while driving deeper into the psychology of these iconic characters. We cannot wait to share this in new world. More show details from the release, utilizing state-of-the-art animation techniques and technologies available. This powerful creative partnership will once again reinvent Batman and his iconic rogues gallery with sophisticated storytelling nuanced characters, and intense action sequences, all set in a visually striking world. We'll start off with you, Daniel. How, like, when you heard this news, like, tell me, how did you feel? I got, listen, I grew up, Bruce Timm's Batman and his whole, like, Batman World, Justice League, Superman animated series, Static Shock, uh, Batman Beyond, like, those were those were that was like church for me growing up you know what i mean like those were what i watched 24 7 i adored that and i think bruce tim has given has really defined what batman is for so many people um growing up especially with kevin conroy's voice and when i saw this news and knowing that jj and matt reeves are behind it and bruce tim is there as well too because bruce tim has such a great noir like 50s deco style to him I thought this was such a great pairing. And yes, Bruce Tim has done some films as of late that I wasn't too huge on. You know, what he did with Batman, The Killing Joke, and um, some other animated uh, adaptations that weren't so hot, uh, especially with like kind of like sexualizing some characters that didn't need it. But 
I think when you have a, a great creative team there, you're going to have people to be like, yeah, let's let's bring this in. Let's 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 tell a great Batman story. And the fact that this is going to be on HBO Max, um, I think also opens it up to being a lot more darker. I don't think this is going to be like a kid's Batman show. Not that the animated series really was kids first because it was a very dark show. But um, you could have a bit more of a mature take on it. I mean, I look at Young Justice right now, which is also going to be on HBO Max with season four. And it is very mature, and it is it is dealing with these characters as well, like Batman, Superman, everybody. Um, this makes me excited, and this hopefully opens up the door for a new DC animated uh, like universe on HBO Max. Like maybe this opens a door to like Superman, Man of Tomorrow, like a a series like that, or Wonder Woman, or Green Lantern. Like I'm hoping this is the kickoff of another DCAU. Um, for this generation and that poster they dropped are you kidding me that looks amazing i love how batman looks on it and i'm just so stoked to see what this looks like i'm hoping at dc fandom we get more details of what's going to happen but um i'm so 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 excited for this and i can't wait to see more what about you shay yeah this is um this is something that it sounds made up that's how good it is. It does. It does. It, this is like something you see like on a <laughs> on a Reddit on a Reddit comment. I, you know? I I was I was awake in the early morning and I saw the tweet and I I literally just like I shrugged at it because I'm like oh this is clearly a fan article because there's no way this is real. So then I'm going well my day and then Daniel sends he's like guys this is real and I'm like Daniel listen here boy it's fake it has to be fake there's i've been around the block <laughs> there's Daniel. no way this is real because you're telling me we're not jj bruce and matt okay sure dude and then yeah lo- oh, you're on first name basis with them eh? well uh, i don't know i mean you you know uh james so well <laughs> i'm also jj yeah first name i guess right uh no i was so uh i was blown away i i think this is so cool um i've been going back and re-watching you know the original batman animated series along with batman beyond i've been kind of watching them side by side and to see this happening it's it's making me giddy you know i again we haven't seen yet what matt reeves can do with batman but from that first trailer alone i think i can put all my faith in him definitely anthony how are you feeling about it i'm i'm super stoked i just hope it's it's a lot darker than what we're normally uh what we normally see out of a batman um cartoon it is more promoted to that mature audience even like 13 and up type of thing um but yeah the the the, the creative team around this is something you 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 just dream of it's it's crazy to get these these guys in there to make an animated series you 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 wouldn't expect it. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just hope that the animation is beyond what we normally see in a DC direct film. I'm looking for more like I'm I'm looking for the evolution of 2D animation. I know we have 3D animation for sure, but I'm looking for a more polished 2D film. Right. Something that I would see out of a comic book. Because I feel like a lot of DC content, they just look the same, just from one story to another. Right, yeah, especially uh, with their their last um, DC, you know, the the direct to home release films, all had a very similar look to them, uh, which is kind of like echoing what Bruce Tim did, but with a bit more of a modern look to it. But it's interesting when you see like the lineage of Batman TV shows. All of Batman TV, like there's oh, like this happens across the board with all kind of superhero movies. But whenever a movie is announced, there's always a new show that goes along with it because obviously you want to give something kids and have Batman like 
out there in the world, right? So you could have the movie and the show and the merchandise and all of that. So like obviously with um, out of Batman 89 came the Batman animated series. Um, and then with the movies, we kind of got relaunches of Batman in the 90s. You know, with the Nolan Batman, we got the Batman animated show, which I which I think is an underrated animated show. Really, really cool character designs in that one um, from the creator of... Oh my goodness! Let me uh, let me get this so I make sure I'm uh, I credit the correct uh, the correct uh, creator of it. Uh, but then with, again, with uh, with Ben Affleck when he was announced, we had Beware the Batman, and then now with the Batman, we have Batman Caped Crusader. So it's really interesting to see um, um, how they always kind of have one ready to go and to launch with these new characters. Uh, this was developed by the creator of. Uh, give me a second here, guys. You guys could talk while I find this. Give me a second. I, I do sorry. like the the ears on this Batman. Yeah. Very. There was a there was a comic book that I've. I think Batman's first appearance was like that too. Yes, but his ears are super like structured and pointy. But like I do remember a comic book that revolved around a horror that had the same like art structure of this Batman. I don't remember the, the name. It was a one shot, but it was really, really. Oh, was it, was it the Batman? um... I'm, I, Uh, it's, I'm trying to find it. I'm, I can't find, I have it somewhere in my back issues, but uh, it's somewhere deep in the, in the vault of your brain. Oh, is it Gotham by Gaslight? Is it that one? Maybe? No, it, 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 he has the similar ears, but it's a different one. But um, I'll, I'll find the cover and I'll send it to you guys. Maybe we'll post it on our socials. But yeah. uh, Also, the Batman, uh, the, the 2005 Batman show that I was talking about was from the creator of Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh, what a good so show. Definitely had, yeah, yeah, so definitely had more of that art style to it. And the character designs were really, really different for all of Batman's mm-hmm. villains. And it was so cool to see that, um, especially as an offshoot of like the Bruce Timm show to have something that was so stylistically different was really cool. And I think this show is going to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking forward to, to this new HBO max series. Let's move on to our last news story. Dave Filoni promoted to executive creative director at Lucasfilm. And this is coming from Blair Marnell of superhero hype for the last 16 years. Dave Filoni has left his mark on the star Wars franchise. In 2005, he was hired by George Lucas to help build up Lucasfilm's animation studio. The fruits of that collaboration led to The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. More recently, Filoni has executive produced The Mandalorian alongside series creator creator Jon Favreau. Both Filoni and Favreau are also guiding the upcoming Mandalorian Mandalorian spinoffs at Disney+. Via the official Lucasfilm site, Filoni's contributions to Star Wars have been rewarded with a promotion. In addition to his duties as an executive producer, Filoni is now an executive creative director on Lucasfilm's leadership board. Star Wars series Rangers of the New Republic is no longer in active development for Disney+, with the news coming buried in a report from Variety covering Dave Filoni's promotion to executive creative director at Lucasfilm, which actually happened last summer, but wasn't updated on the studio's website until early this week. We'll start off with you, Shay. How do you feel about Dave's promotion as well as the cancellation of Rangers of the New Republic? 
Look, Dave has been the Kevin Feige for the Star Wars universe. And, you know, Disney knows how to pick these really strong uh, producers out there and creators out there to kind of spearhead their development um, for their for their properties. So to see Dave get the recognition that he deserves is phenomenal. I mean, the Star Wars franchise has only gotten bigger every year. Um not talking about the movies, but with what the Mandalorian has done, it, it's turned people who had never watched Star Wars movies into Star Wars fans. Feel however you want about the Mandalorian series. You cannot deny its success. You cannot deny its yep. cultural impact that it's had. And you can only assume it's going to get better. We have the Book of Boba Fett coming out at end of this year, I believe. And then yep. hopefully leading into the Mandalorian season three. This is This is great news. This is... This is something that I think Dave has wanted. In terms of the Rangers of the New Republic show, I am 0% surprised that it's on the back burner or canceled or whatever they want to do. Yeah, on the back burner. So not, yeah. not flat out canceled, but just not an active development. Yeah, so I, I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, with the news that came out, was it last year or, or is it early this year about um, Gina Carano? Uh, that Sorry, my, my timeline's messed up. That's the only reason why I ask. With, with that kind of, you know, with her being booted off the series, this this kind of was next to come. I Yeah, I'm, that was actually this year. Was this that year? was in February. Yeah, I had a yeah. feeling it was earlier on. Yeah, so I'm not surprised at all. But uh, this is um, – I was excited for a show called Rangers of the New, New Republic. It sounded cool. I wasn't excited that it was going to be Gina Carano. But now that she's gone, I hope they can still kind of bring this show back to light. I'm wondering if they're going to wait for season three of Mando now to introduce a character that – maybe can lead that forward but we'll have to see but this is great news you know congrats to dave dave if you're listening uh we'd love to have you on the show and you know talk more about your promotion <laughs> i think dave filoni is like uh, dave filoni truly is like the second coming of george lucas mm-hmm. and george lucas even said that you know there's nobody who knows star wars more than other than him is dave filoni and i just wish that dave was involved on the movie side a bit more now that where he is in his position Maybe he will have more of an, uh, an influence of where the films go from here because I do think Star Wars is turning over a new leaf with what films you're going to be looking at, how their shows are working. We know we have the Andor show coming out this year at some point. Mm-hmm. We know we have um, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out next year and then Book of Boba Fett this year. So, you know, I think Star Wars is ready to fully take a take the playbook of marvel and be like hey you know what let's slow down here let's plan out where we want these stories and characters to go and let's tell a good story and i'm so happy to see that dave filoni is getting this this promotion to executive creative director that's awesome hopefully he'll get to work more closely with um kathleen kennedy now and yeah and in terms of rangers the new republic yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that show. It was always like my least anticipated of the new slot of shows and movies that they announced. So we'll see what what it looks like going forward. So I'm excited. You know, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. And uh, like you said, Shay, I think Mandalorian did such an incredible feat with turning people who had no interest in Star Wars, something that even the movies couldn't do because they were movies were really continuation and just really just telling a new story and just making it great. Very cool. Congratulations, Dave Filoni. Let's move on to some quick updates. I'm going to throw it to Baz. He's going to read off some of our quick updates for the week. 
Yeah, so we have John Boyega, who is set to reunite with Joe Cornish for Attack the Block 2. This is coming nearly 10 years after the original film. We have Kate Hudson and Leslie Odom Jr., who are joining Knives Out 2. Uh, I recommend to all our listeners out there to go ahead and check your email. Maybe you've been cast in the movie, too, and you just don't know it yet. Um, <laughs> because clearly, everyone's getting their, their Hogwarts acceptance letters to Knives Out 2 right now. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to be playing Crypto, the super dog, in DC League of Super Pets for Warner Bros. Because why not Warner Brothers? Let's make a Super Pets movie or show. Uh, HBO Max and Cartoon Network have also ordered a new Superman animated series as well. My Adventures with Superman has Jack Quaid from The Boys voicing Superman, a.k.a. Clark Kent. If any of you did so not Jack know Quaid- that... <laughs> Superman is also Jack Clark Quaid Kent. is so Jack Quaid is Superman, but Dwayne Johnson could only be crypto. Come on, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's going on, Dwayne? What's going on here, on. man? What's your agent doing, Dwayne? Uh, <laughs> speaking of Superman, Henry Cavill to star in Lionsgate's Highlander reboot from Chad Stalux Stalhaskelsk. I can never say his name, but I believe he's from uh, John Wick. Um, he is. Um, we're never getting Henry Cavill back as Superman. I, I think we we're, we're safe to to move on now. You know what I mean? Unless something yeah. earth shattering happens, I think we're safe to move on. Just based on the calendar of, of his movies and TV series that he's doing, it doesn't seem like a Superman is in the works in the next three years. You know? Yeah, yeah maybe maybe for the tenth anniversary of Man of Steel, they'll oh. be like, "Hey guys." Remember Man of Steel? Oh, God. And with the news of of Warner Brothers really focusing on the black Superman and getting that franchise started, I don't see them spending the money on two Superman films um, Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. But let's move on to some trailers. 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 Quite a bit of trailers this week. We have Batman The Long Halloween Part 2, Friends Reunion, Respect, The Ice Road, Monsters at Work, and Hotel Transylvania 4. Did any of these trailers stand out to you guys? Or if any, would you like to speak about it? (laughs) I love how we got a trailer for Batman The Long Halloween Part 2 before Part 1 even comes out, which I think is is great. Um, I think the big one for me this week, Monsters at Work looks great. The animation looks top-notch. Obviously, that's coming out this summer. Huge Monsters, Inc. fan, so I'm excited for that. Um, But obviously, I think this Friends Reunion trailer um, was, I think, the big surprise for me because it's what I think we should have gotten for that very first teaser, right? Like, so this is... From from just walking, but it was a, it was a nice teaser. It was nice to see them back on the set. I just I just wish I just asked God why is James Corden part of this? But other than that, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, he's really gonna put the he's really gonna make it suck. But I mean, let's see, let's see what happens. Well, Los Angeles loves him, and Hollywood loves. I've him. talked to most of LA, and they don't want to own they, him either. They I, his show is st- his show is getting the ratings, and he's found everywhere pretty much he's very likable <laughs> i know he's not likable by by us or, or you guys i think a lo- i think a lot of people don't like him there's yeah. a lot of people in the states that don't like him but he's one of those people that he reminds me of like not no shade to jimmy fallon but like when jimmy fallon got really popular 
and now people are kind of like turning on Jimmy Fallon a little bit. He's like, oh, because he doesn't feel genuine. Um, but a lot of UK people are just like, yeah, like, why do you guys find him funny? Like, he went to the States because nobody liked him in the UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he's like doing. Um, he's yeah, doing people like movies. Graham Norton who are absolutely killing it in the UK. And then you have, they, they send us James Corden to North America. And then like Americans go, oh my God, no way. You, you're yeah. British. You got to be funny. Do you know Hugh Grant? Like, you know, like that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised Monsters at Work had the whole cast back. Yeah, I, that was I'm cool. I'm super stoked about that. Billy Crystal and John Goodman being back is, you know, Sully and, and Mike. Mike. So good. So good. And also Batman the Long Halloween Part 2 coming out. The trailer coming out before the first one, first movies even yeah. out. Um, I'm a huge fan of that long Halloween. I think it's a very great series. Um, and I think the, like this animation, this look to it looks very similar to what we got with, uh, the dark Knight returns. It's this two parter type of movie series. That's, they just really spent time with. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. They did that with the death of Superman as well. Like the, the last, uh, incarnation of death of Superman. Yeah, death of Superman was, was, was this like the, the, 2013 2014 no so there's there was one that there was a death of superman they did which is actually the first of the direct to home movie that was like 2006 2007 yeah there you go um and then they did a death of superman in 2017 and 2018 i believe Mm -hmm. which was again another two-parter uh which the first one i really liked the second parter i didn't like right um yeah out this week we have cruella on disney plus and stay tuned for our review that will be coming out next week. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. And we have A Quiet Place Part 2, which is heading to theaters. We will not have a review of that because we don't have theaters open in Ontario. So you'll never hear us talk about it. Until- <laughs> if you missed what happened, go to the beginning of the show and you'll know why we don't have theaters in Ontario. Um, let's move on to what we're watching. I'm going to start off first. That's a that's a that's different. We haven't that's started new. off. That's you don't never start off. Get, I'm going to start off it. first, and then I'm going to throw it to someone else. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, maybe okay. I won't. Maybe I don't care. Maybe you'll just end the show maybe right the there. Audience eh? doesn't care about what the other two. <laughs> this is this is where the audience just turns watching. off the show. They're like, Anthony's going first. All right, let's let's, uh, let's. time to go. <laughs> okay, so let me go through this really quickly. I've uh, I watched the Bad Batch uh, episode. Three and four. Uh, Mayor of Easttown. Rewatched Righteous Gemstones. Rewatched Vice Principles. Watched Riders of Justice. Dark Side of the Ring. Halston. And Army of the Dead. So I'm going to pick out a couple of the, the things that I've watched and just kind of elaborate on them. Righteous Gemstones, Vice Principles. Um, we talked about it last week with the Righteous Gemstones season two coming out. I mean, I thought, you know what? I haven't watched it in a very long time. I'm going to put it on. Danny McBride, Walter Goggins. Yep. Great Walter chemistry. Goggins, yeah. And Vice Principals, again, Danny McBride, Walter Goggins. Great chemistry. So if you have Crave, put on those shows. The Righteous Gemstones on season one. Vice Principals, only two seasons, but really, really well done. Halston, starring Ewan McGregor, really, really good series, limited series on Netflix about fashion designer 
um, Halston, who I didn't know much about. I only knew, like, when I put on this show, I thought it was like a, a pretend documentary or biopic on the guy because I didn't remember who this fashion designer was until I remembered there, there was a perfume that, this, that had the same name. So I did some research. I'm like, damn, this guy was an actual fashion designer. So this really, really well done. Um, Ewan McGregor played Holston, who is this fashion designer from the 70s and 80s, who kind of had this rise to fame and then uh, sub, you know, this downfall as well. And he lost his name, sold his, his whole like identity, just you know, losing money, gaining money. He also passed away from HIV, uh, AIDS back in the 90s. So there's, there's, there's documentaries about him, but this is the first like biopic of him. And I thought it was really well done. And I think if you're interested to see like great writing, great um, storytelling, Ewan McGregor does an amazing job of playing this dude. Um, and, you know, again, you've paid for it. You might as well watch it. But it's <laughs> That's a, the motto, you know? Truthfully, you've already paid for it's it. It's a really good show. It got me gripped. It had, like, characters that you didn't expect, like Liza Minnelli is in this. Not the, the Liza Minnelli, but someone plays right, Liza Minnelli. Oh, portrayed, wow. Portrayed in it, right? They, they had, because she was, like, his muse. There was, um, right. you know, Club 54. There's drugs. There's sex. There's all these things that you want out of a show. Good, great writing. And it's also about this man that, Oh, I don't think a lot of people know about. Right, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been on my watch list. I, I need to give it a check. I need to check it out. Yeah, um, I didn't do a review for Army of the Dead. This is my review for Army of the Dead. Uh, I really liked it. There are parts of the story that are super long, and Zack Snyder does a great job of introducing characters, but not really giving them the due they need on screen. Definitely, I, yeah. I really like the chemistry of all these characters, and I wish they they didn't. Well, I wish I don't want to spoil it, but I just wish there was more because I felt like there was more from these characters that could have been given out. I did not like the ending. I thought the ending was cheesy and like awful, especially like right at the end. Um, I'm like, you could have done better on that part. Yeah. Also, the focus. How did, the focus was weird, right? Like the clearly the yes. weird bokeh. Like no, it wasn't clearly. That's the problem. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry, I'm thinking in my I'm head. Kidding. I'm like clearly this that that. No, this. no, I'm I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. No, but just thinking like now I understood why that Justice League sequence at the end. Oh, the nightmare sequence. The nightmare yeah, sequence shot that way. is literally the same, and it just it took away from the whole movie because it felt like it was a different movie and. I don't know what he was trying to do. I felt like he's like, yeah, that's a sick shot. Let's use it for a lot of things. But it really didn't get me connected with the character I, as yeah. much because there were all close-ups. Think, yeah, I honestly think that look just is so unpleasing to look at. And mm-hmm. I think Zack Snyder has genu- uh, truly and genuinely say this, has some of the best looking cinematography in the last 20 years in his films. Mm-hmm. Not including Justice League and this movie, I think is some of the worst that we've seen from him. Yeah, because you have a movie. Obviously, his his him and Larry Fong are unstoppable together. But yeah. it was very the, distracting. The, it was distractingly just like just just jarring to look at. It was not a good looking uh, f- movie in that aspect. No. Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention is. Mayor, uh, Mayor of Easttown, 
Man, that Ooh. last episode was phenomenal. Phenomenal. What a show. Really, really good. What a show. The show gets better and better. I kept reading tweets about how the last 10 minutes of that episode is going to be crazy. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I was sweating. Like, I literally was nail-bitingly sweating sitting there watching those last 10 yeah. minutes. I didn't know crazy. what way it was going to go. Yeah. What a show. What a show. Love it. Absolutely Unexpected. love it. Can't wait for uh, more and, tonight. And then the Bad Batch episode three was super fucking dark. And right dude yeah, it was i'm like okay did he just kill that person and did he just yeah did they just you know order 66 these yeah. innocent that's what i told you last week i'm like anthony episode three you're gonna really like because yeah. it's so dark it was really dark it's really dark and that's again yeah. that's dave filoni and his his work on this is fantastic and i i like i said i, I like this more than the mandalorian but yeah that's all i've been watching also dark side of the ring was really cool they did a collision in Korea where there was a storyline back, well, not a storyline, but an event that happened in 1995 where WCW wrestlers went to Korea to fight, uh, to do a match or to do a, an event with the Japanese wrestlers. And it all took place in Korea in the biggest dome ever. There was like about 200,000 uh, spectator, biggest wrestling event ever. And it was just crazy to see what these wrestlers had to go through. Uh, they didn't know much about what they were getting into. And just also like North Koreans watching wrestling and just not just staring at these people fighting. They just had no, no emotion of happiness or like just nothing. And it was just a crazy event. So again, if you have Crave, go watch Dark Side of the Ring. If you have Disney Plus, go watch Bad Batch. If you have, again, Crave, Merit Beastown. Netflix, uh, they're all on the streaming services, so go watch it. I'm going to pick. Who am I going to pick? Hmm. Let's go with Shadaniel. Shadaniel. Eh? That's okay. our couple names. That means, that means we have to go at the, sh- the same time, Shay. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, we've spoken about everything um, from what Anthony's watched this week. Uh, Star Wars Bad Batch. Master of None is really the one that I wanted to shout out. Please go check out our season three discussion that we have on that. Spotify Podcasts wants you to. Spotify said so. Spotify said so. You have to. Um, yeah, Ma- Mayor of Easttown, Army of Dead, Riders of Justice. We all ha- we have our reviews out for those as well. Um, Mayor of Easttown being the one we just spoke about right now. Uh, Cruella can't say anything right now, but we will have our review out on Wednesday of this week. So make sure you listen to it. And that's all I'm going to say. Shay. Uh, yeah, same as you guys. I just watched Master of None, Mayor of Easttown, Army of the Dead, and Riders of Justice. So our reviews for the respective ones are is out. Cruella, that review will be out soon, and I cannot wait to talk about it. That's all I'll say. Cool. So that wraps up episode 105 or 105 of the movie podcast don't forget to catch catch a new episode of the movie podcast every monday and watch out for our review episodes on all the latest movies and series on our feed don't forget to follow us at the movie podcast on instagram and twitter and now letterboxd and check out our show notes for all those links and more also we are hit, trying to hit that 200 review mark Please, 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 after this episode, head over to our podcast page, scroll down, you'll see stars, swipe across it, give us a five-star review, leave a comment. Um, We're we're looking forward to, you know, continue doing this 
for you guys and making this like our job, our dream jobs. And, you know, just give us those reviews. That was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.